0: Hey, welcome to Dying to Listen Podcast. Uh, I have my guest here, and if you'd like to introduce yourself, uh, your name, and your business name.
1: All right. Well, my name is Ryan Smales, and my business name is Rye Guys Dice.
0: How did you uh, come up with your name, which I can assume, but...
1: Well, um, well, yeah, it kind of was a nickname, and, and I thought it rhymed well, and uh, that's what I went with.
0: So I'm assuming you played disc golf, correct? Yeah. How long have you been playing disc golf and what got you into disc golf?
1: I've been playing disc golf since my freshman year of college. So it's been about six years or so. And, uh, in high school, we used to mess around. We played ultimate Frisbee all the time. And, uh, so I kind of knew of disc golf, but back then we called it froth because that was the cool thing to do. And, uh, um, I never like had thrown a disc before. I was used to throwing like Ultimate Frisbee, my brother and I would play catch all the time and we'd know different tricks and things. And uh, there was, when I was in high school, I worked construction with a guy and he used to collect these old lights. And one of these antiques that he had was uh, in this storage room. There was a couple of super old um, disc golf discs. And one was a Discraft Buzz. Uh, it was in the that D plastic. And then the other one was a DX um, from Innova. I think it was a Leopard. And uh, I got them, and I was like, oh, these are for, like, disc golf or whatever. And uh, I was like, I didn't know these are, like, antiques, you know? And he's like, you can have them. They're free. They're worthless. That's what he told me. And so, uh, so I kept them, and when I... That was when I was in high school and when I went to college, um there was there was like a nine hole course um on the campus and so we'd go out and mess around and stuff and um I was on the wrestling team and the heavyweight, he would always play with us and he would always beat me all the time. He would chuck he would chuck it overhand and I used to like try to make up rules so I could try to beat him like you can't throw it overhand, you have to throw it, you know, like this i didn't know the word backhand at the time i was like you gotta throw it like this and um i would lose i'd lose all the time so i watched youtube videos and learned how to play and i played all the time non-stop every second i had i was playing disc golf and um now i now i don't lose as much to him <laughs> very rarely
0: nice that's awesome uh so how did you get into disc dying?
1: So, disc dying, um, I kind of wanted um, a disc that was kind of unique that I knew was mine, because when I'd go out and play, everybody kind of had, you know, some. I think I'd lost one, and then I found one that I wasn't sure was mine or not, and I just wanted, I wanted one that I could, like, have my name on it, and other than just Sharpie, because sometimes a Sharpie would, like, rub off and um, fade and whatever, so... I kind of researched and I found out that you can dye the disc, and that way, when you dye it, you can play it in tournaments, and it's PDGA approved. So that's what got me super interested, and it was about my I think my sophomore year was the first time I dyed a disc, and it was uh it was the first disc I ever actually purchased was a uh, ESP Nuke, um, obviously the big wide rim driver, you know. For a beginner, it's the perfect, it's a perfect (laughs) choice, (laughs) and so uh, I dyed like the nuke symbol on it, and it was just, it was bloody all over the place, and um, I was like, it's cool, it looks really cool, and uh, my roommate who is the heavyweight, he's just like, no, it's not, (laughs) he (laughs) was like, that looks stupid, (laughs) but I but I kept with it, and uh, I actually dyed um, like the Huck Lab logo, I did. I did their logo on one because I thought it looked cool. And then uh, it was just, you know, black stencils was all I did. And it was back when I, I hand cut it because I watched I watched a couple YouTube videos on how to do it. And back then, it was like 20, 2017-ish, there wasn't a lot to um, research disc dyeing. Um, there wasn't, I didn't know about like the Facebook group at the time. There was just a couple videos out there on how to do it. And uh, so I had to, like, kind of do some stuff on my own to kind of figure it out and, you know, experiment with some different vinyl plastics that, you know, took dye and stuff. So luckily it was ESP, which was my first one. It took dye well. Um, so I, And I just used the iDye Poly, put it in water, and I had, like, an old plate that I did. not uh, we had to be super careful not to spill it all over the place because we mixed it with water. Mm -hmm. and you know because we're in the dorm room we didn't want to splash it around and you know have to pay for it and stuff later so uh, we were super careful on just a regular dinner plate had set the disc on it and it floated and it was like 24 hours and the die took pretty well to it so
0: that's crazy so i'm not a great person to judge your age uh and you said you were in college what year was that
1: 2016 2017 would have been the first time i ever died at disc and that would have been like my sophomore year
0: gotcha yeah that yeah. i feel like is uh the very early stages of disc dying and uh like this day and age there's all this information but back in your time you didn't have anything and you gotta figure <laughs> the shit out on your own
1: yeah back in my day there was uh <laughs> there was nothing nothing available we had to figure it out for ourselves <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I i'm curious what resources were out there that you that that you knew of
1: like the difference is doing it i think he had some real, like not very popular videos and i didn't watch those at the time um it wasn't until covid when i got super into disc dying because i had nothing else to do and i was I was going back and I watched some of this earlier stuff. and I was like, oh, if I could have watched these, that would have been great. Um, but there was, there was only like four or five videos out there on how to do it. And it was basically eye dye poly is what you need. And you need a, you know exacto knife to cut it out, cut out your image. And it was like, I printed out the paper, the image that I wanted. It was just a black... You know like you could you could uh, search like a pumpkin stencil, you know, and I printed that out on a piece of paper I taped that piece of paper to um, it was contact paper it wasn't even like the vinyl like people use mm-hmm. Oracle um, and then that was stuck onto the disc and then I cut through the paper and through the contact paper and without cutting into the disc so I had to press pretty hard but not too hard and um, cut all the way around through the paper everything that I wanted to be black and then peeled that out and then set that into the into the die
0: okay mad respect for you because I feel like we have it stupid easy right now compared to back. oh yeah
1: yeah I got a I got a silhouette cameo four sitting right next to me and it's it's so much easier than cutting by hand
0: yeah I (laughs) Don't even want to attempt to cut by hand. One, I'm pretty shaky. Two, it's like, I don't have the time for that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it took forever. And I, I actually have a callus on my middle finger um, <laughs> from holding holding a blade. And it's a little rough right there. And I, I know that's, that's from why it's rough there, because it's from holding that blade. And I still, I still do some hand cutting sometimes if the stencil doesn't come out right through the machine. But, uh, yeah, I got, a, I got a nice little callus now. And I know where it's from.
0: <laughs> Great. Just a little memory to live on forever. How long did it take you to cut a, hand cut a stencil?
1: You know, I've never, I still have never timed um, a start to finish die. Um, I still want to. Um, I just recently got, actually the lamp I'm using right now, I can hold a phone. And so I'm going to have it, I'm going to make a video one of these days of me start to finish. This is how I do it. Um, just so... I know people ask me all the time send a video but i just haven't done it because i didn't have the materials but now i do mm-hmm. and like i've spent hours and hours and hours on discs before and just because i find it fun and challenging so that's it's just a little tedious stuff but i've yeah. never i've never timed a disc but i would assume I hours it, and hours
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so when you first started dying to now were you consistently dying, or when you first started, you're dying here and there, then COVID kind of kicked it off?
1: COVID kicked it off for sure. Before, it was just, it was just my discs that I died, and then there was a couple buddies that wanted one. They're like, oh, yeah, I want, you know, can you put this logo on there? And I'm like, I can try. It's like, I can only do black, you know? I can only do black, you know? And uh, now, then I, then I started experimenting, well, let me try the red eye dye poly. And so I dipped it in there and there's, you know, made a mess. And um, slowly I got, you know, oh, I got to really press down the edges to prevent those bleeds and um, learning how to prevent mistakes over time. uh, That was the biggest thing that I learned throughout, you know, dying every once in a while and now dying all the time. I can do those, prevent those mistakes like in my sleep. I just like I just know to do it now.
0: Yeah, so, so it's, uh, I've always said this before. The best way to learn is to make mistakes. And you've obviously made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and with this Dyer's Guild, we're trying to help educate future dyers and even current and dyers to hopefully not make as many mistakes. But that's what makes you and makes you grow. But uh, I feel like you got a leg up with dying because you actually used I dye Poly and not Rit. Literally everybody else that I talked to said they started out with RIT. Um, I, like you, started out with I Dye poly, so I felt lucky with that. Uh, where, where did you buy your I Dye poly?
1: It was at Joanne Fabrics, just yep. our local, you know, fabric store. Um, it's funny you talk about RIT because uh, I, um, somebody was talking about using RIT with, like, shaving cream and stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then for Christmas... You know, we do like a secret santa thing and I I put in there like I want all the colors and I want them in this brand and it was Rit. And now I have them all sitting here and they're all full and I haven't used them because they don't I mean I've I've tried it and it just doesn't die. So they're pretty much full now. So I got to find something to do with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, um I I had I got Rit brown because I couldn't get a good brown, but I've never used it and I've since figured something else out, but yeah. Um, i do
1: use the the rit tan sometimes i've mixed it with acetone and tried to paint with it um it takes sometimes and and does okay and then i'll go over it with some other colors there's like a tan it's like sandstone i think it's called i'll Hmm. use that one yeah
0: gotcha so going back to your first dye, you said your bed was actually water
1: yeah, it was, uh, that's how it said to use it in the YouTube video that I watched. It was... Uh, oh,
0: was that just for the stencil? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was so like, like you know, a lotion.
1: No, no, no. It was, so I used, it was just the packet mixed with hot water, switched it around in the jar, and then I poured it on a plate and then set the disc on it. When the When the disc was already, had the stencil cut out that I cut out with the knife, set it on there, and... It was like, I let it sit for like 24 hours. And what, what I liked about that method was that I could take it out and look at it. Be like, ah, it's not dark enough. And I'd set it back in.
0: Do you have a favorite plastic that you like to dye?
1: You know, I like anything white. You know, I, ESP is good because you could put just about any color on top of it. And it, that plastic does a really good job of, of just taking anything and you can see it. Like you can dye purple on a like a disc that's kind of green, you know? Um, but I like for hand painting, it's kind of like my favorite thing. And I need white so I can, I can really get the exact color that I want. So I, I've done a lot of maybe big Z is a lot of plastic that I've done. That's, um, really detailed just happens that that's the plastic that I've done it on. Um, but like gold line, star plastic, um, neutron, all those, if they're if they're like white, I like doing any of those.
0: I heard a lot of people saying the ESP plastic, the the color of the base plastic doesn't matter because you can get the color that you want. And I haven't tried that yet and I find that fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool.
0: So what would you say your signature dye style is. So if someone saw a disc, they would instantly recognize that it was your disc.
1: Um, I'd like to think it would be hand painting. I mean, that's my favorite. And like, I'll do some really intricate stencils. Um, and I can shade them and paint them. And that's, that's kind of what, what I want to be known for. But I know a lot of people have seen um, some like cell dye stuff. And a lot of people really like the stuff that I do there, but I'll do glue beds um, I've done shaving cream stuff, uh, but I like to, I like to think that the hand painting stencils, um, that are really intricate is kind of my, my go-to style that I think should be, was what, what I should be known for.
0: <laughs> yeah. I saw some of your stuff and it's freaking amazing. What actually got you into hand painting?
1: It was kind of a mix of those T Diddy videos because when I, when I first started, you know, I had to lay the whole disc into the the pan and, you know, that whole section was going to be black. And I was like, but I wanted this spot to be red or I wanted this spot to be purple. And, um, I was like, if I could only like, like, just paint that spot, it'd be so much easier. And, uh, I, I watched some videos and then I saw on that Facebook group, um, some people have like, they were talking about hand painting and I'm like, I got to learn how to do this. And then, you know, I got some acetone and then, uh, I painted like this apple uh, was the first one that I did and it was already a green disc. So I I painted like a green apple. And then I kind of made the background kind of bluish. Um, it's on my Instagram. You scroll like way long, long time. And I really liked the way it came out. So, that's kind of what got me hooked on the painting and then from there it was just practice 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 and uh, i feel like i've gotten i've gotten better and better since then
0: so do you have an artistic background like do you know how to draw or paint or is this your forte into any sort of painting
1: not i mean this is kind of disc dying is the only time i've really painted and it's funny because it's kind of like my favorite way to dye a disc and like in high school I took art classes and I really enjoyed them I took like drawing classes and then I took like my senior year I took an art thesis class um, which is like the upper level art class but I was only in there because I was like the teacher liked me and uh I kind of just did it to mess around, you know, like you got senioritis and I just want to take the easy classes. Like that's why yeah. I took art. I just didn't really take it serious. And, and I like, I liked doing it, but it was never something that I was like, this is what I want to do when I grow up. Like it was just, it was kind of a joke for me. And, uh, then I started getting into disc dyeing and people are seeing it like, Oh, this is art. You're creating art. I'm like, Oh, like, I <laughs> guess you're right. You know, like, like, you know you start hearing compliments like that and it just it makes you feel good and i i just wanted to keep doing it and i felt like i just gotten better and better and better and um you know i still i still find mistakes and stuff and i i want to just keep doing it
0: for not taking art seriously you do have a natural talent for the hand painting stuff because uh it's it's definitely not easy um, obviously practice helps but yeah that's awesome thank you do you have any must have accessory for dyeing?
1: Say a paintbrush. <laughs> I mean, you could do anything. I mean, you don't even need vinyl paper. You don't need, um, flow troll. You don't need any of that stuff. You, you could literally, if you wanted to, you could paint cells onto your disc and tell you it was a, it was a flow bit, but it wasn't, <laughs> it was paint, you know, um, I guess you'd need acetone, the denatured alcohol and the dye as well. But, Um, I mean literally that's another reason why it's my favorite. I mean you could do Anything on a white disc Blank you could paint anything on it.
0: Yeah. Well, I would probably draw some stick figures
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which that would also look Uh, cool, you know, it could
0: Yes, if my child drew drew it Uh, (laughs) so two questions about your hand painting stuff one is what kind of mixture do you use for your dye to hand paint it on and what uh, device do you use to paint it on?
1: I'll use acetone mixed with the dye, just powder dye, you know, eye dye poly. I actually use a lot of eye dye poly. I know a lot of people talk about um, like prochemical and dye. I use a lot of that too, but I always, that's like what I'm most comfortable with and I know those colors really well so that's those are kind of like my main rainbow colors Um, and then I'll use I'll use Prochem as well mixed with acetone and sometimes I'll use denatured alcohol as well just because it doesn't doesn't bite into the disc as quickly and I can kind of move it around a little bit for a little bit more time and get it to set where I want it to and I'll use a paintbrush usually I'll get those basic colors down um, make certain spots a little bit darker, uh, you know and then I can use just straight acetone to kind of push the dye off of spots where I want want it to be a little bit lighter and then and denatured alcohol can do that too, just not as not as aggressive you know as mm-hmm. as straight acetone but i'll sometimes i 'll have acetone mixed with. A color and I'll have denatured alcohol mixed with the exact same color in you know two separate jars sitting next to each other and then I'll have my straight acetone straight denatured alcohol and I'll kind of use all of them at the same time um, and that would be like, like I'll start with the acetone and then I'll, sometimes I'll just dip in both and then I'll paint on the disc um, but I just kind of play around with it and get it to the way I want and get the shading you know, certain spots are a little bit darker than other spots, and um, until I like it, um, I just keep working it until it's until it's a product that I want it to look like.
0: That's fa- fascinating that you use straight up acetone to kind of wipe away or push around the color, and I, I mm-hmm. it never occurred to me to do that, which it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, same way as like if you were wiping off a stamp, it never it never gets the color off completely, but mm-hmm. it'll lighten it up. So yeah. So you kind of want to, you don't want to go too heavy with your color to start. That's part of the yeah. reason why it takes so long is that you can start a little light with your color and then you're gradually getting darker and darker. And then at one point you're like, oh, too dark. Let me take some straight acetone, clean it up a little bit. Yeah.
0: Do you have any scientific or... Um formulas that you use for your mixtures or you just put a little bit of dye a little acetone or whatever and it, it looks and feels right or do you have any notes on that
1: i just i just wing it man i just <laughs> i dump it in there my measuring stick like some people use you know the like an actual spoon or um you know like the teaspoon measuring things and i i just take a i usually literally have a q-tip and all of my little jars that I have my dye in, and I, and I take it and I just scrape it into my acetone or in my hmm. denatured alcohol. Or like same if I'm doing Floetrol, I don't measure any of that either. I just dump it in.
0: I find it interesting that there are people that are very exact and precise and other people that just kind of wing it and mm-hmm. basically feel it, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: What kind of, uh, paint brushes do you use for painting? Is there a specific set or size?
1: Um, I just got the cheap ones, uh, cause I didn't want to spend a lot of money on them. <laughs> um, I got a couple at like Michael's and I got some at Walmart, you know, not, not a specific brand really. And then, uh, um, my fiance, um, her grandma, I guess, painted like um, a long time ago and they had all these old paintbrushes. So now I use those. So they're just a bunch of random paintbrush. Some of them are big. Some of them are real tiny that I like to use the tiny ones the most, but
0: that's awesome. Uh, one thing that I did find out though is do not get paintbrushes with plastic handles. The reason acetone can eat away the handle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got a lot, a lot of mine are wooden. Um, but like denatured alcohol, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yep.
0: What other dye methods or styles have you tried?
1: I've done almost everything at this point I've done. Like I started with just, I never done a hot dip. Um, I've never done heat to, to like heat a disc on like, you know, the water or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause that's when I first started, it would just sit in a room temperature and, for 24 hours uh, but now I've done you know basic stencils I now I just hand paint all my stencils with denatured alcohol right on top of the right on top of the vinyl to make my stencil and sometimes I'll just use acetone too but you got to be a little bit careful to not ruin, a, mm-hmm. ruin the uh, vinyl um, I've done flow troll a um, lot of hand painting shaving cream i still really like shaving cream i feel like that's one we got to make shaving cream great again uh
0: yeah that was (laughs) the first dying uh bed that i've done and that's kind of my go-to and my um my my jam
1: yeah (laughs) i i love using shaving cream i don't use it much anymore because cell beds is the craze right now everybody cell beds and glue beds everybody's doing them (laughs) and you know you get great color saturation with them and you know the reason i like hand painting so much more is that i feel like i feel like anyone can just drop a bunch of color on a bed and swirl it around and set a disc on it you know there's not a lot of you got to know i mean you got to know how to do it obviously um but i feel like with the hand painting it, it there's a lot more practice that you gotta you gotta learn how to do in order to do it correctly
0: Yeah. I feel like there's more talent and I don't want to say people that die other methods aren't, you know, talented, but I feel like it does take talent to do the hand painting. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I like doing stencils is it's, it takes a little bit more time. It's a little bit more unique and not necessarily everybody can do it, but you, I think, take it to the next level with actually hand painting. Um, do, do you use any stencils at all?
1: I do, yeah. I, I never really just go straight on to the disc. I always kind of have, have a stencil just kind of for my outline, and it kind of highlights, because, you know, the, the parts you peel off, you know, are going to be the darkest spots. Mm-hmm. So when I have that in my head, I can kind of start those spots, get them a little bit darker, and then I'll peel off a little bit, and I'll just color over what I've already colored, Cause I know that's going to be dark. And then I'm also coloring over the spots that I know are going to be lighter, but they're going to be lighter. So i take my acetone and, and brush them off a little bit.
0: So when you do your stencil, do you actually purposely make certain cuts that, you know, are going to be different parts that are going to be shaded or do you just basically peel up the vinyl and you just keep peeling it and peeling it?
1: Yes. I just keep peeling it as I go. That's okay. how I did my, that's how I did the daredevil disc that, yes. Um, We'll
0: probably talk about later, but yeah. Well, we can talk about that now as well. But all that right. was right. uh, freaking amazing. The the uh hand painting that you did in there, and I all absolutely love the background. And for your listeners, this is a disc that we are going through not we, uh he is going to raffle off. Um so yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh Big Z Buzz, um my spun die at the bottom. And this took me about, I still, I've never timed, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I know that, so like this section here, I'll show it in the camera, his arm took me a, at least an hour for just, just like his arm with his arms bent with the, he's got his metal bars there and Daredevil's like my favorite character. So if I had to pick, pick a Marvel superhero to do, I was like, I'm going to do him. And so, and I think, I think a raffle's a perfect, perfect way for it to go because um i've never dyed a disc that i didn't want to throw and that's this one so if somebody else can throw it i think that'd be awesome
0: yeah uh my philosophy is if every disc needs to be uh thrown even if it's a a super piece of artwork but uh, i guess if i was you i'd be like "Mm, that took too much time i don't want to throw it
1: yeah it's just been it's just been sitting up on my desk I mean, maybe 12 to 15 hours were put into this. I know earlier you asked me what I use to paint. Um, mm-hmm. And I do a lot of paint brushes and stuff. But uh, I also use toothpicks for like really, really small spots. So like his face, um, I, did, uh, I did a lot of toothpicks.
0: Have you ever did like, oops, I messed up. And if you did, how did you fix it? Or did you even fix it?
1: yeah there's a lot of times like I'll paint a spot a little too dark and I'll have to go back and try to fix it with like the straight acetone, lighten it up. that happens actually all the time and hmm. and sometimes you can't even tell i can I can see spots because i because I made it, but yeah, there's a lot of times sometimes you know in a glue bed or a, or a photo bed, I'm like, oh, I didn't want you know my my dropper dropped on accident and now i got Mm -hmm. you know a big black spot where i want it yellow and you just got to kind of make it work and now you got to go in a completely different direction than what you're going for and um it can be frustrating but um it can be fun too because that's part of the challenge you know
0: when you do your shading i'm assuming you're using a lot of painting techniques and you build out the colors uh as you go layer by layer do you use the same color to get it darker or do you use say black to kind of get the dark shaded areas
1: yeah kind of it kind of depends because i'll have a little test disc next to me and i'll see what like so like for the daredevil disc i'll put red and i'll know that you know all i used was you know eye dye red for for this section so i'll put on the test disc i'll put black on it or i'll put a little bit of black kind of like almost like gray and Mm -hmm. i'm like is that what i'm going for or do i want something a little bit more like less darker and more deeper red and i'll put like um like radical red is a little bit more deeper than um eye dye red and so i'll put that on top and i'm like oh yeah it's a little bit more what i'm going for and i'll and i'll end up using that on my real disc that i'm going for
0: for your mixtures do you mix it uh, like when you're doing a dye session or do you have jars that are pre-mixed that you use?
1: The jars are all pre-mixed, yeah. And I and I okay. save them in like little mason jars so like tighten up.
0: I'm curious, what did you do to get the uh, background on that uh, Daredevil disc?
1: That was dish soap mixed with dye and then um, kind of spotted on with a sponge. All over the place. Kind of like um, the This Is How I Die Yes, style. Yeah. she. Yes. Uh, that's where I got that idea. I know she does um, laundry detergent, I believe, and mm-hmm. uses heat. And this was heat as well. I actually just set it on top of a lamp to heat my disc. I didn't use a heat lamp. It was just a regular lamp. I just set it by the light.
0: Uh, yes. I've been trying to get her trade secret for a long time, but she is not willing to give that <laughs> up. I would just... Just actually recorded uh, her last Saturday.
1: (laughs) Awesome. I'm looking forward to that one, for sure.
0: Yeah, me me, me too. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I was trying to figure out how you got that background texture, and now I know.
1: Nice. Yep. Yeah, it was just soap and and spotted it on.
0: Do you use heat for any of your disc dyes?
1: Yes. So, like, I'll use heat for, for, yeah, if I'm going to do, like, the soapy, spotty texture, and then um Mm -hmm. i'll also use it for cell beds um usually go about two hours of heat um and again i don't measure like how hot my bulb is or uh, the disc when it's sitting in it and i don't measure how far away it is i think about 18 inches or so yeah um but those are really the only times i'll use heat i don't really use it on glue beds. I just let them sit for 24 hours to 48 hours or so.
0: When you hand paint, is there anything that you do after you're done with the uh, hand painting? Like, do you give it a final rinse or wipe down?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, I just usually rinse it off in the sink and I'll hit it with a little magic eraser sometimes or just my hands. Um, And that's usually all I do to finish it up.
0: Do you have any fail stories that were, uh, that kind of stuck with you?
1: Not any like huge ones, mostly like, I mean, they're fails, but they're kind of like learning experiences. Like when I first Mm -hmm. was learning how to do cell beds, there was a lot that a lot of them that I'm just like, that is not what I'm going for. That is not (laughs) what I'm going for. And, uh, um, slowly started figuring it out, like how to do it. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm actually coming up on my trying to figure out my own style um that's how i did that like the rainbow river one i posted it on the, the facebook group not that long yeah. ago it kind of looks like it's splashing around um
0: yeah that was uh that was very cool
1: that's that one's kind of some new techniques that i'm working on but like i've dabbled with lotion beds i haven't done a lot of experience with that so there's a lot of those that don't turn out quite the way i want but what's weird about them is that, like, I'll still bring them. Like, I'll vend at a tournament or something, and and will be like, "Wow, that one's really cool," and then they'll buy it. And I'll be like, "I didn't even like that one. Like, <laughs> this one's <laughs> way cooler." And somebody would be like, "I don't want that one."
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh,
1: it's, it's I, art is in the you know, the, uh, the beauty where to go the eye.
0: The eye of the beholder. Yes. Yes.
1: Yep.
0: No, I I find that interesting. It's like That's there's it. a disc that I've that I really like. I'm like, this is awesome. Then I have this kind of like tester disc that I did is like, yeah, that one sold rather than this one. What? What? what?
1: Right. I'm <laughs> like, I was debating if even to put that one out there and then somebody took it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, um, do you have any tips and tricks that you would like to let the dying community know?
1: I would say sometimes less is more. So with float trial beds, um, you don't need to cover the entire thing with all that color, like just, you know, you just need a little bit because you're going to, I do a lot of swipes and if you're doing a swipe, you know, you're just going to, you're brushing all the color over the the bed anyway. So you don't need to fill up the entire bed with all that color because you're, you're kind of wasting it. And then same yeah, thing, and- same thing with hand painting, you know, less is more, you don't need to go super heavy because you'll just layer it on, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And I also find that true with shaving cream. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, that doesn't look like there's enough dye in your on there, and you just kind of load it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: If you had to start over, is there anything that you would do differently now that you know what you know?
1: Um, I wouldn't have all that writ dye anymore. <laughs> um, I pro- I mean, I wish I would have just started earlier. You know, I, I just like, I wish this was something that I did in high school, then I really would have been into like art and stuff. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know, would have taken me a little bit different path or something, but, um,
0: so what do you actually do for a living?
1: I am currently, I'm a behavior health tech. So at Bo- a company called boys town. And so I work with, you know, troubled youth who maybe they, you know, they're there for all kinds of different reasons. Um, you know, they have nowhere to go, parents kick them out, or they're in trouble with the law, um, they've been abused or neglected, or all kinds of crazy reasons, and they all have like super high behaviors. Um, and I actually work in the hospital at the residential treatment center, um, where, you know, it's a locked facility, um, and the kids are referred by a, an actual psychologist, to be a resident there and I'm one of the people who are there to like teach them regular people social skills you know how to greet somebody how to follow instructions accept decisions and, and I just recently got promoted to a shift manager position so
0: awesome well that's great what you do because that does take a, a special unique ability and personality to do that
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's it's it gets very stressful and disc dying is kinda something that I do to kind of de-stress from that from that yeah, job I, was going every to, day. I was
0: yeah. I was going to ask, what does disc dying mean to you?
1: It's just that I mean it's just something that I can do. It's for fun. Um, that I can kind of find a way to de-stress and relax and kind of escape from reality and doing other things that you know, could be stressing me out and right, right now. I'm just, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm doing a spin die, you know, or I'm making a glue bed, you know,
0: it can be calming for me as well. Or if it's not going right, it can be very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there any dyers that uh, inspire you?
1: Absolutely. There's, I mean, every, I just scroll through Instagram and every disc I see makes me want to do another disc, you know, even like, you know, there's, there's, Dyers out there that have like ten thousand followers and there's dyers who have you know two hundred and they all hmm. they all inspire me like there's there's some like hand painters like Andy dyes was a huge one I don't know if you know I think he's from Estonia um hmm. he is incredible um hand painter like he's he's one of the reasons why I was like i'm gonna take the time to try to make this Daredevil disc as detailed as possible that one or brandy drennan is one that i i really like in the facebook group he has got some super good hand painting and then greg renfro is a really good hand painter um those are kind of like the first three that um got me hooked on the painting part and actually at the dye academy i took a class with that greg renfro he was the instructor um and then that i mean i learned some tips and tricks from him. And I actually, I actually teach that class with Die Academy now, the hand painting class.
0: That's awesome. Did you do it this year?
1: I did. Yeah, I did both the, uh, DDO and uh, Ledgestone. How did that go? It was awesome. It was a blast. Um, not only teaching and sharing, you know, how to do this stuff with people, but learning from the other instructors was, was a lot of fun too. And just getting to like share knowledge and um talk with them was probably my favorite part
0: that is awesome um i don't know if i talked to you beforehand about this but if you're willing i would love to have you um create a course and um have it on the dyers guild for people to uh learn from
1: yeah i i think i, I checked out the website and stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna learn a little bit more about it and i i think it's a possibility.
0: One of the uh, selling points for that is the student can learn from the course, but they can buy all the, I would say, course materials. So it's basically a one-stop shop so they can follow along exactly with that course.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Like they would they'd be watching the video of me dyeing it, and they would be following along.
0: Yep, and like, they would have all the supplies that they would need to follow along with the course, like the dye, the disc... Yeah. Like the Anything cooking channel,
1: but for discs, yes. yeah, exactly I like that,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we can talk more about that. And, uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you can find them on the website. All right, we are going to do the lane portion to fill some time. <laughs> so, we'll do a favorite fave. What is your favorite band or song? Oh
1: man. I listen to all kinds of music. Um, when I'm just dying, sometimes I listen to something pretty relaxing. Um, but you can find me. I listen to from Frank Sinatra to Corn to the Beatles to. <laughs> um, I listen to just about everything. I don't listen to a lot of country though. That's not really what I do. Or rap, yeah. but I. But I, um, you know, alternative, even like oldies music, 1950s, and then. I'll listen to a lot of heavy metal as well. Usually when I'm like working out or something, I'll listen yeah, to heavy metal. I feel metal. like you
0: have I feel like you have the same uh musical tastes as me. Uh you know, I like those oldie musics, but you know, listen to uh some corn rocking out. That's yep. that's always good. <laughs> uh what is your favorite food?
1: Oh man, I love seafood. And I'm from Nebraska, so it's it's a struggle. <laughs> um oh, boy. We love, like, crawfish it has got to be one of my favorite foods.
0: Yeah, you're pretty far away from uh, any of that. Did you grow up in Nebraska?
1: Yep. Yep, born and raised.
0: Huh, I wonder where you got that taste from.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, we got it one time, I think it was a China buffet, and I just couldn't stop getting uh, them. I just went back for more and more and more.
0: <laughs> nice. Well... Yeah, your SOL SOL on the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite beverage?
1: Well, whenever I go to Cane's, I always get the sweet tea. So Canes sweet tea is the best sweet tea I think I've ever had. So um that's pretty good. Um but like I'm just I'm good for just a beer too. Um right. I like IPAs. Uh, my dad actually brews his own beer in the basement. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky where he can actually bring a couple over and uh, we'll have a few. So
0: That's awesome. Do they actually taste good?
1: Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. He's, nice. he's so just like beer making is just like disc dying. I mean, there's a lot of challenges and, and, you know, you fail or whatever. You just learn from it. You got to move on. So he's had a couple that are like, oh, this one's really flat. I don't know what's going on with this one or this one's not great. And then there's a couple that's like, oh, this is awesome. Like, he's got a Kolsch that's just, it's fantastic. So, I mean, when I was getting into disc dying, he was getting into beer making. So, just yeah, like the COVID uh, the COVID times.
0: Yeah, that's a good combination. But the only thing with disc dying is you can't get drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've done a spin dye when I'm a little, little loopsy.
0: <laughs> well, you, you can't drink your mistakes. <laughs> right, <laughs> Uh d so speaking of other hobbies, what other hobbies do you have?
1: Disc dying is the big one. I mean, just playing disc golf um is a hobby, but with disc dying, I can't do that one as much. Um I was running a lot. Um I've ran two half marathons and I was training for a full. Oh wow. Um, but my my knee just wasn't I don't know what happened. It's just I don't know. Wear and tear from wrestling over time just doesn't I don't know, just wasn't, it was hurting when I was running. So I stopped doing that so much. And now I also lift and I actually have like a small gym, home gym that I, I work out in too. So those are kind of some other hobbies.
0: I dabbled in wrestling for a very, very small bit in high school. <laughs> uh, mad respect for those because it, it is a big workout.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I've wrestled, um, I started in fourth grade and then all through middle school through high school and through college and uh oh wow yeah so and that's like that's how i got into disc golf cuz you know the wrestling team would go out and we we'd play ultimate frisbee for a warm up sometimes and we'd go out and i actually had to talk them into playing disc golf cuz you know it's not real strenuous <laughs> but it was mostly as a cool down than it was as a warm up so i actually coach um i helped coach the wrestling team at boystown as well awesome so for their high school team
0: so if you had to pick three discs for the rest of your life to play any course, what would those three discs be?
1: I really like, I put, I put with the Discraft Challenger. Okay. So I'd probably bring that one in like just their Pro D plastic. And then I really like just the Buzz, obviously for mid-range. That's super straight, and I can kind of, I can turn it over if I need it to, and I could also, um, I'd probably get it in titanium plastic, just because I feel like it's a little bit more stable, so if I need a hyzer, um, it'll hyzer, and I can also kind of put it on an ante if I need it to turn over a little bit, Uh, but they're dead straight for me, and then for for a driver, driver, um it's tough i I probably go i like the uh the maverick i have one in in lucid that flies super straight as well although i'm not going to get as much distance as i would with like a nuke or something or a hades but i i think i'd go with a maverick i like the maverick a lot
0: do you have any of your first discs that you had when you first started out
1: I have one I have the Huck lab logo one that i uh i died on a it was a nuke os I don't even throw it it's still too beefy for my arm and it's super <laughs> um I never throw it unless I'm like throwing it with a forehand, but it's like super anheuser um That's the only time I can throw it and it's like super windy um but I lost the nuke that I did the very mm. first disc I ever died, I lost it. Um, so if you ever playing in Lincoln, Nebraska at Roper West, it's somewhere in the swamp. It's orange, <laughs> it's orange and it's got a black, really crappy dye on it. So <laughs> it's got my name on it. <laughs> name and number. Hopefully
0: the I was gonna say Hopefully the number is still the same. Yep. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, how how is that Huck Lab die holding up? Like how bad is it fading?
1: Um, it was on Z plastic. So it okay. last it lasted pretty well. The the clear plastics tend to hold it better. Yeah. Um but it's actually in a box. It's not even in my bag anymore. I haven't seen it in a while. But I it was starting to kind of get blurry, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a couple months ago.
0: And speaking of that uh, clear plastic, do you ever hand paint on that or you're like, nope, I I don't deal with that?
1: Yeah, Um, I've hand painted a couple, nothing like super detailed, like a couple just Mm -hmm. basic stencils like cartoon characters. Um, I've done, I guess, Lucid or no, Opto. It was Opto Plastic. It's kind of see through, but I got one that was mm-hmm. it wasn't super see through it's still pretty white. that's the one I did for Dylan cease um for that unboxing video thing that they mm-hmm. did with dip paul Macbeth that was uh that yeah. was opto, so it was kind of see through and so you can still hand paint on those too. It takes yeah, a little sure. bit I... more it takes a little bit more. We really gotta kind of work it in and use a little bit more dye
0: yeah, I was gonna say uh I don't have patience for hand dyeing in general and to hand dye on that plastic. I'm like, Nope.
1: Yeah. It takes a little bit more to it for those.
0: All right. Lee perfect hole. What is or was your favorite course and or hole?
1: I can't remember the name of the course, but we played a course in Colorado that was just, you know, you're surrounded by mountains. Um, you know, there's. It was right next to a lake. Um, yeah, it was just beautiful. I mean, just picturesque, picturesque. Like everywhere, mountains, and you're shooting your sh- elevation shots up and down. Um, that's probably the coolest course. I can I don't even know the name of it. But
0: I've always wanted to play in Colorado, just because of the uh, the courses and just the different terrain and the scenicness yeah. of it.
1: It's really cool.
0: How are your local courses?
1: Um, they're all right. Um, you know, in Nebraska, we're a little bit flatter. Um, yeah, I was
0: gonna say, I don't feel like there's a lot of hills in Nebraska.
1: You know, you, you'd think that, but we have a course, um, Hummel Park is incredibly hilly. Like, I mean, it's like, the the terrain on that one is, is crazy. Like, it's a workout going up and down the hills. It's a real hike. Um, that one's still probably, in my opinion, the toughest course. We just got a, there's a newer one, um, Beal I don't know if I'm pronouncing it totally right, but that's in Lincoln. And that one's pretty awesome as well. I like that one because it's just, it's so big, you know, they're both Mm -hmm. 18 holes, but it's really big. There's some up and downs, but not, not super hilly, um, but some good woods holes. Um, yeah, those two are probably the two best ones that I've played, um, there's a couple in Kearney that I haven't played yet, but I've heard good things about Blair, Nebraska. It's got a couple I haven't played yet, but I gotta I gotta branch out more.
0: Uh, what What is the closest course to you? Like, how far away is it?
1: Hummel is the closest. It's about ten fifteen minutes from me. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, how many courses? I don't even know if you know this answer. Are in your vicinity that may be like maybe twenty half hour away um, I mean we could just go probably, look on UNIS, I think but...
1: about I think about four is within my within 30 minutes um, there's probably Seymour Aspen um, Hummel and there's probably another one that's pretty close
0: um, are there any courses like on your uh, wish list that you really want to play
1: yeah there's a ton um, <laughs> all the like the pro courses that they play I, I try to find out where they're playing I put it on my wish list. Um, like, like I've played Jones East and West, but I'd love to, like that was when I was in college. So they've changed the course since then, but like the one they just mm-hmm. played for worlds, um, that'd be really cool just to play a whole one, try to make that Island. Um, <laughs> yeah. that would be really cool. It's like Jones. It's not Jones gold anymore. Um, it's Jones, uh, what they call it? Jones. I don't know. It's really big. They come Jones Supreme. They, uh, mm. They combined both East and West and made it super cool. Um, that one, you know, Country Club in Emporia. That one's on my wish list. And then like De La Viega in California.
0: I haven't played any courses that the has played on, but I feel like I don't want to play them because it'll make me feel bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I shot like, like plus oh. 17 when I played the Jones East or, or Jones West, whichever one's harder. It was pretty bad. It was a very high score.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not the greatest in general, so the numbers would be very high. <laughs> so speaking of pros, uh Dream Date. Is there a or I should say which pro disc golfer would you would hang out with and play around with?
1: Uh Paul Macbeth, hands down. He's my favorite player. I think he's he's the best ever. Um <laughs> in my opinion. I know Ken Klymo's got a lot of world championships, but I think Paul's just, I think he's just super professional. And I think he, he is just, he's pretty humble for, you know, just being as good as he is. And he's been so good for so long. I just feel like he'd be really fun. And and I think um, when I first started watching YouTube videos of disc golf, it was his name that came up the most. So it's just, I kept mm. hearing it when he was playing for Innova and then and I was throwing discraft when he was playing for Innova just because it was cheaper at the time. And then when he mm-hmm. switched, like it got more expensive, but it didn't stop me. I was like, now I'm throwing Paul mcbeth's like <laughs> discs. Yeah.
0: So nice.
1: Yeah, I would say him for sure.
0: Do you have a disc brand that you like to throw? Or are you pretty um mixed bag?
1: I got a mixed bag. Um I really should, I should branch out more, but it's mostly disc craft. Um, I throw the Buzz and Nuke and a Hades, but like I throw the Maverick. I feel like that's such an awesome fairway driver for like, just it's understable. I get to flip over a little bit. Um,
0: What are the numbers on that disc?
1: I'm not too sure what exactly what the numbers are. I don't know but it's i mean it's like dead straight and it doesn't it doesn't really fade too hard for me i mean it it cur- turns to the right just real nice but i i mean i throw a lot of disc crap but i want to throw more mvp
0: i feel like that's the new um fad is mm-hmm. mvp slash axiom yeah um because and- i i basically no i did switch out my entire bag to mvp slash axiom oh really Yes.
1: That's pretty cool. I, I wanna I wanna try some of their like super understable wide rim distance drivers. I think it's like the relativity. Mm, yeah. And their and their plastic takes die great. Like that's another reason why I wanna branch out to them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I have a crap done ton of MVP axiom discs, but I haven't dyed a bunch. Like I have probably five white ones in my disc, but I've never dyed them. It's, it's mm. interesting, but it should maybe someday. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all I have for questions. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you?
1: Uh, my Instagram is probably the best place to find me. Um, dies all lowercase, um, and then that's it. It's just R-Y-G-U-Y-D-Y-S. And then I also have Facebook. Um, I have a TikTok too, which I'm not super, um, active on or anything, but those Instagram, Facebook are the best places to find me.
0: You're too old for TikTok. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I also have like this I got a storefront, um, on that, on their website as well. So if you want to yeah. just check out dyes and stuff, um, you can find them there.
0: So I'll have uh, links to all your stuff somewhere, somehow, but you can definitely find him. And we will also be raffling off the Daredevil die, which, again, is an amazing die. And 100% of the proceeds will go to him. Uh, so you're supporting the local starving artists. Um, and he, he mentioned to me that he doesn't know what the price it, so he thought a raffle would be a good idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pricing discs is really hard. Um, yeah, I found because I mean, like, you know, you could you. I've had a couple out for forty or fifty, and somebody'd see them and be like, "Oh my gosh, that's so high priced!" And then they're <laughs> like, "Really that?" And then they sat down the disc and walk away. And then there's somebody who's like, "Oh wow, that's really reach, reasonable." You know, you're selling art. That's not enough, and all this stuff. So, I, I, for something that I put twelve to fifteen hours in, um, it's either. You know, you have a chance to win it for a dollar, right? If you buy a ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, somebody's gonna be real lucky. <laughs> and yes. I'll be I'll be posting uh, it on my Instagram and stuff. So
0: awesome! So the raffle will go live when the podcast is uh, released, and it will be open for two weeks. I greatly appreciate you putting that up for raffle, and uh, we'll uh, drum up some money for this. Sweet. All right. Well, that is all I have. Uh, Again, thank you for taking time out of your day to be on here. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, And until next time, we will talk to you later.
1: Yeah, Thanks for having me, Dave. It was awesome. Yeah,
0: absolutely.